0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the one and only Sean Sports Stop Podcast. That's right. Thank you guys so much for listening. I greatly appreciate it. As always, I'm going to be talking about the biggest news inside the world of sports. Lord knows there's a lot to talk about. Uh, We're going to be starting off with some NBA basketball. The Philadelphia 76ers clinched the top seed in the Eastern Conference with, after Friday's 122-97 win over the Orlando Magic. Thus, they guarantee themselves home court advantage until at least the NBA Finals. So Philadelphia has been on a dominant tear due to the well-known COVID-19 pandemic. It is impossible to truly replicate the traditional advantages of home court in the playoffs. But that's still a luxury that the 76ers will have. Obviously, the playoffs will not be played in a bubble. The Sixers are allowed to fill up 25% of the Wells Fargo Center, which equates to roughly 5,000 fans Joel Embiid had this to say saying quote for me the one seed in the east is very important every game we play at home it just feels like we were unbeatable so we just got to keep pushing keep grinding out these wins and do our best to keep winning Embiid's comment about feeling unbeatable rings true about the team the past two seasons in 2019 20 the Sixers were 31 and 4 in the city of brotherly love that is an insane record and they were only 12 and 26 elsewhere, so they couldn't replicate, they couldn't nearly replicate the success that they had at home on the road. Uh, but the splits haven't been as drastic in this season. They are 28 and 7 at home and 20 and 16 on the road, so they're still winning more games than they are losing on the road. So this is pretty big for the Philadelphia 76ers. Personally, uh, if the Brooklyn Nuts are healthy, I don't see Philly getting past the nets but that's just my personal opinion uh i don't believe that that will be the case the lakers beat the indiana pacers 122 to 115 looks like they will avoid the play in tournament and um yeah now transitioning to some baseball this was extremely shocking i couldn't believe i couldn't believe this when i first read it it made absolutely no sense to me whatsoever but the Los Angeles Dodgers will reportedly add veteran slugger Albert Pujols on a major league contract through the rest of the season, according to the LA. Pujols, I mean, he's one of the greatest players in the history of baseball, but he's he's old now. And um, he was designated for assignment by the Los Angeles Angels just 24 games into this season. It was the final year of his 10-year, $240 million contract that he initially signed in 2011. Obviously, he did not live up to those expectations at all. But he's been with the Angels for a very long time. And the Dodgers will only pay $432,000 out of that $240 million. So he'll play for the Dodgers for the rest of this season. He's 41 years old. He's hitting only 198 So he'll probably only have a very limited pinch-hitting role with the Dodgers. Uh, the Dodgers with Sheldon Noisy, Luke Rayleigh, Edwin Rios. Those guys off the bench, they haven't been... DJ Peters, they haven't been getting it done at all. Um... Hitting-wise, they haven't been hitting lefties at all. So Albert Pujols has fairly decent stats when it comes to hitting hitting lefties. The Dodgers also added Yoshi Tutsugo, um to help in that field. But Pujols is an absolute legend. Anyone that knows baseball knows this. He ranks third all-time with 2,112 RBIs to go along with over 3,250 hits, making him a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer. There is no doubt about it. Now, it's going to be funny to see which team he goes he represents when he goes into the hall of fame obviously his prime and most of his mashing in the mlb came with the st louis cardinals but then he's been with the angels for 10 years how funny would it be if he ends up going in as a dodger that would be a next level of pettiness but he'll probably go in as a cardinal who are we kidding he has 10 all-star selections three mvp awards a rookie of the year award and two world series championships very very few players can match the resume of Albert Pujols um so yeah he slowed down mightily mightily when he, since playing with the Angels hitting only 256 in his decade with the team that's not horrible but for a guy that signed a contract for 240 million dollars that is not that that's not what's expected and the Angels were cool with him they were cool with it i mean it's a legend that they signed so they were they were decently okay with this But when Pujol started complaining about playing time and just acting in very immature ways and saying that he wanted just throwing fits, bitching, and moaning when he wasn't getting playing time, when he was getting benched, when he's 41 years old and hitting 198 on the season, that rubbed the Angels the wrong way, and rightfully so. And he made it clear that he wanted to be cut. He wanted to seek uh, more playing time elsewhere. He got his wish. This, This is why it's especially puzzling that he signed with the Dodgers. That doesn't make much sense because... Uh, on a world series contending, contending team, why would he get more playing time he won 't he 'll probably have a like i said limited pinch hitting role uh, but it makes sense i mean in, the more I think about it, it makes sense for the Dodgers like i said they haven 't had much hitting coming off the bench, and for albert, it makes sense he doesn 't want he, he doesn 't want to move anywhere he still wants to play a little bit uh, what 's interesting is that he had a ten year guaranteed front office role with the angels kind of already uh, Already signed, he kind of already signed up for it. They they presented that opportunity to Pujols, so I guess he's not going to be taking that. I mean, they kind of um, ended the relationship on sour terms, to say the least. So, look for Pujols to share playing time at first base with Max Muncy, especially now that um, Corey Seager fractured his hand. More on that in a little bit. He's probably only going to be about out for about uh, four weeks or so um with that i'm going to transition to some hockey not uh i don't talk about hockey too much on the pod after splitting eight head-to-head meetings with the boston bruins during the regular season the washington capitals have a leg up on them thanks to a three to two overtime win in game one of the east division playoffs on saturday washington entered the game with a little bit health a little bit healthier than they did last time these two teams met on tuesday John Carlson came back as a crucial defenseman for the Capitals. He came back from a two-game absence because of a lower-body injury. Alex Ovechkin only played 19 minutes as he was returning from a lower-body lower body, lower body excuse me, injury himself. Nick Dowd, former LA King, scored the game winner 4-41 into overtime. Uh, it's worth noting that there have been three NHL playoff games as of 5.18 p.m. Pacific time on um, Sunday, May 16th. And all three have gone into overtime transitioning to the good old UFC UFC 262 was last night and what a card it was Charles Oliveira becomes the new UFC lightweight champion with a second round knockout win over Michael Chandler in the main event of UFC 262 from the Toyota Center in Houston Texas uh man <sighs> lots of, lots to unpack here uh, the lightweight division has been chaotic since Khabib Nurmagomedov retired um, last year, there, there have been so many guys, Oliveira, Michael Chandler, Dustin Poirier, obviously can't forget about the notorious Conor McGregor, Dan Hooker was in the mix for a little bit, Rafael Dos. Dess- I mean, the, the, the names, they go on and on at the top, um, I mean, when Khabib was champion last year, and the top three was were kind of Khabib, Justin Gaethje, and Tony Ferguson, Khabib was scheduled to fight Tony Ferguson for the title, uh, in the wise words of Mr. Ariel Hawane himself, if you would have told me that a year, if you, if a year ago you told me that in a years time, um, Charles Oliveira would fight Michael Chandler for the vacant UFC lightweight belt, I would have called you insane. I mean, Charles, Charles Oliveira a year ago wasn't even in the top ten in the lightweight division. Michael Chandler wasn't in the UFC; he was fighting over at Bellator. But since then, a lot of things changed. Khabib retired after beating Justin Gaethje. Dustin Poirier, and Con- Dustin Poirier, many people uh, rightf- rightfully feel, is the deserved lightweight champion, but he fought and knocked out Conor McGregor. So, evening their uh, series at 1-1. Which, in turn, Dustin Poirier opted for the big money trilogy with Conor McGregor. That'll take place at UFC 264 instead of fighting for the vacant belt. My thoughts are kind of all over the place here. But the point is, the lightweight division has been... In absolute shambles. Uh, so it was Charles Oliveira versus Michael Chandler for the vacant belt last night. I mean, what a fight it was! It was a short fight, but what a fight it was! Ch- Chandler started off very strong. I thought he was gonna, I thought he was gonna start Oliveira the same way he did Dan Hooker, but that was not the case. Uh, he exploded into a left hook that, that um, knocked Oliveira down. And I thought I thought he was gonna stop Oliveira in the first round, but Oliveira escaped, and he was the one that knocked out Michael Chandler. I mean, that was just as shocking to me personally as UFC 261, where obviously Kamal Rusman shut up all the haters and silenced all the doubters when he knocked out Jorge Gamebred Mazvedal, a guy who had never been stopped uh, in the UFC, a guy who in over God knows how many MMA fights had never been had been stopped, only once before that people, Masvidal is a striker, Usman was the so-called boring wrestler, and he slept the fuck out of Jorge Masvidal, so to me, Olivera's performance last night was as, was as unexpected, that, most definitely, I mean, Olivera's mission specialist, I did not expect him to stop Michael Chandler, but he did, and he is the rightful champion, you know, at first, I was pretty sad for Michael Chandler but Charles Oliveira is as nice as they call him he's a humble champion he's extremely nice just the way if you if you watch it if you look at how Oliveira was holding the belt and and how he was handling it you could tell you, you could the guy is just such an awesome humble nice champion so it's it's pretty awesome to see Conor McGregor already tweeted at at him saying it's nice to see the <laughs> 11th uh UFC lightweight champion in history i wonder who the 12th is going to be but first <laughs> First, Connor has to deal with Dustin Poirier at UFC 264. I'm kind of feeling a Connor first round knockout to be honest with you guys, but but we'll see. Uh not to take away the spotlight from Charles Oliveira. He I mean, what a what a career arc it's been for him making his UFC debut in 2010, uh being fairly inconsistent. Some people were questioning his his heart, his discipline, uh, saying that he couldn't perform in high pressure fights, but um here he was. I mean, that that's that's awesome. Switching gears to some NBA, back to the NBA, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank you guys again for listening. It's it's really awesome. I I love doing this. To be honest, the Boston Celtics will keep out much of the rotation in Sunday's regular season finale against the New York Knicks. Out today, the team announced a long list of inactive players. Mark Murphy of the Boston Herald noted Jason Tatum and Evan Fournier. Our new ads to the injury report. I mean, their whole team was out. Jason Tatum, Tristan Thompson, Kemba Walker, Robert Williams. He has turf toe. I'm not sure what Robert Williams did to get turf toe, but huge blow to the Celtics. The Celtics ended up losing this game. The Knicks um, won the game and clinched fourth in the Eastern Conference. Who would have thought that the New York Knicks would be fourth in the East? It's awesome to see. You love to see it. The Knicks are my second favorite team behind... You guessed it, the Los Angeles Lakers. And now we are switching gears back back to the Los Angeles Dodgers, the reigning, defending World Series champion, Los Angeles Dodgers. But they have been riddled by injuries throughout this season, to say the least. And adding to that, Dodgers shortstop Corey Seager will be placed on the injured list and is expected to miss at least four weeks after suffering a fractured right hand after getting hit by a pitch, manager Dave Doc Roberts told reporters on Sunday that Seager will not need surgery uh, for the injury. Kevin in a- Lux will make the majority of the starts as shortstop in his absence. That'll probably move, potentially move Max Muncy to second base. So we could see more playing time for the aforementioned Albert Pujols at first base. Seager was hit by a pitch in the fifth inning of last night's game against the Miami Marlins and was quickly replaced in the lineup by Sheldon Noisy. I don't like that name at all. Man can't can't produce for the Dodgers at all, but we still support. Uh the Dodgers won the game yesterday. They they lost three to two today. Uh, it was a very it was a bullpen game today for the Dodgers. We're up 2-0 and uh a weird error in the infield led to Adam Duvall of the Marlins hitting a go-ahead three-run home run, and that was the difference. Uh, off of a reliever that uh, i forgot his name i believe it was edwin Usida now that i think about it and yeah switching gears back to the nba a little disorganized here on the sean sports podcast i hope you're sticking with me i greatly appreciate it thank you guys once again for listening the boston celtics are headed to the nba's nba's playing tournament and Bradley Beal, that's that's shocking. The fact that the Celtics and Lakers might both be in the play tournament is something that I don't think many fans expected at all. And Bradley Beal, um, Russell Westbrook, and the Washington Wizards await them as well. The Celtics are 36-36. and 36. They will face the Wizards who are 34-38 in the tournament. Honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if the Wizards win that. Russell Westbrook has been on an absolute tear, a breaking Oscar Robertson's all-time triple-double record and continuing to do so, he's been he's been having some insane averages. The loser will then face the winner of the matchup between the Charlotte Hornets, who are at 33 and 39, and musty TV with Lamelo Ball and Miles Bridges, and the Indiana Pacers, who are at 34 and 38. With the winner of that game securing the number eight seed. Essentially, Washington's 115 to 110 win over the Hornets yesterday gave them two chances to reach the playoffs though through the playing tournament. While the Hornets will now need to go two and zero in that tournament to qualify so the playing tournament is definitely an interesting dynamic and something fresh and new for the nba obviously they did it last year in the bubble and it looks like it's here to stay i'm for it i think it makes a little i think it makes all this the seating and the potential uh of the regular season to be of importance it makes a little bit makes it a little bit more fun personally that's uh my personal opinion and, yeah, so it's the the eight Wizards versus the seven Celtics and number 10 Hornets against the nine number nine Pacers. And, yeah, that's all I have for this episode. A bit of a short one on the Sean Sports Stop podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I'll see you guys on the next one.